0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. And whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas called, Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, "We have seen the Lord." But he said to them, "Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger into the nail marks, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe." Now. A week later his disciples were again inside and thomas was with them jesus came although the doors were locked and stood in their midst and said to them peace be with you then he said to thomas put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving but believe thomas answered and said to him my lord you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel that we have just heard is really one of the most famous post resurrection accounts of Jesus. And every single year, you know, even though we change with the liturgical readings each year, and this year we are on year C, the readings or the gospel for the second Sunday of Easter is always the same. This is the gospel that you're going to be hearing every single year. And it's important for us to look at the fine details of the gospel for us to truly appreciate what was going on in here we were told that when jesus appeared to his disciples the disciples were locking themselves up for fear specifically for fear of the jews underscoring the physical fear that they were experiencing the fear of being of being arrested just like what happened to jesus the fear of being caught by the jewish authorities because they were followers and disciples of christ so there was this real fear of being caught and turned in but there are also two kinds of fears that are going on in the hearts and minds of the disciple and i've mentioned this before that The other fear was actually the fear of Jesus. And you probably ask like, why will they fear Jesus? They've been with Jesus, they know who Jesus is. Actually, their fear of Jesus was coming from their embarrassment and abandonment of him. Do we have the face to actually talk to him after we betrayed him? Do we have the face to actually to show him after we deserted him at his most crucial time and hour? After everything that we have done, after having denied him, do we have the face to actually even see him? You know, I mentioned this last week that if I were Jesus, you know, I would do first a serious come-to-Jesus meeting. It's like, Peter, why don't we go to another room and let's have a one-on-one talk of what you did. Guys, I know where you were. I didn't see you. Or if I saw you, you were too far to even... Re- to even recognize or to, to even support me. But he did not do all of that. He was not expecting for any kind of explanation, for any kind of justification. His first words to them were words of reconciliation and of friendship, peace be with you. Peace be with you. You know, I, I was reflecting on this and I when I ask myself, talking about the different levels of fear, am I locked up with, you know, with a particular fear at this point in my life right now? What is the one that deterring me to truly experience the joy of the resurrection? That's the second fear, the fear of Jesus. But there's also the third fear, the fear of themselves. They were afraid of themselves. It's like, what are you talking about? Father? Who is afraid of oneself? Well, they were afraid because they knew what they were capable of, their failures, their misgivings, their weaknesses. If Christ did resurrect from the dead, what does this mean to me? (laughs) What will this require of me? Do I have what it takes to be faithful to Him again? If I were Peter, I was just like, I don't even know if I could be the leader of the disciples after what I did. Am I qualified or do I have what it takes to follow him again? They were fearful of the future. They were fearful of themselves. But Christ was not interested in all of that. He was just interested on what his resurrection will bring about in them and the possibilities of that. If they embrace him once again and that relationship is restored God was just interested in their capacity to receive him again and establish that friendship peace be with you but how was this restored this peace it was restored you know by touching by allow by looking at the person of Thomas Jesus invited Thomas to touch his wounds and you know, to experience the resurrection is to be at home and be able to touch our own woundedness and allow the woundedness of Christ, His suffering, to cure our own woundedness. You know, have you ever, uh, you know, do you, have you committed something in the past that you're not so proud of? And it's just like, ah, you know, and, and it keeps on, it, and it keeps on reminding you of that one and you feel so unworthy of God's love and God's mercy and it's deterring you to embrace wholeheartedly the path to conversion well Jesus says I've cured that wound for you because I died for you and I want you to be able to touch your own wounds in order for you to be able to make me as your savior Because by your own efforts alone, your wounds would be fresh. But if you're going to join it to my wounds, you're going to experience healing. (laughs) But we can just pretend as if there are no wounds uh, around us or in us. Just putting a band-aid over it as if we just continue to live life as if there's nothing in there. Because we will never experience renewal and new life. I think I've, I've used this example before, that before pandemic, I have this couple, good friends of mine, who were really struggling with their marriage. And because they had two different, very opposite um, work schedules, they hardly see one another, and because they hardly see each other, they think that, oh, we could continue living together just like this. And suddenly, the pandemic hits, and they had no choice but to work from home, And it was like hell for them. (laughs) And finally, they could not stand each other and said, we need help. And the first thing that they did was to call me and said, Father, we need help from this. And it was only when they recognized and they touched the wound of their marriage that they finally found ways to cure it or to make it better. And a year and a half after, their marriage is a lot stronger and they come to church together, but they have to touch the wound first. And I told them, I know that God did not create the pandemic to save your marriage. (laughs) But if there's one thing that you need to be thankful for during this pandemic, is that this pandemic brought to open what you were struggling for years. And probably if this thing did not happen, you know we can always find something a blessing even in the darkness of the situation but we have to recognize the wound and allow the wounds of christ to heal us and i told them you know go to reconciliation and i want you and and this is probably not the best way to to do it but i told them you know why don't you write your sins on a piece of paper before you go to confession and just allow each other to to check the list. And it's like, what? I said, it's a grout to vulnerability. And they told me, Father, I was so afraid, but that was the most liberating thing that we did as a couple. I'm not going to do it again. (laughs) But it was the most liberating thing. It was not confession, so you're not sharing and you know, sharing each other. But I said, but it's interesting because they reminded each other of the things that they have done to each other that they did not even realize they did to each other. And that was the healing, the start of the healing, touching the wounds, and they experience resurrection. We are all called to the experience of new life.